0: We are live, not Memorex. Yep. Good, and we have Joel with us. me on again, and it's been a while, but I appreciate it. And I was sent you a long list of things that we <laughs> may or may not go through, but because uh, there's other things that have happened during the course of the event, such as what happened last week, but, uh,
1: something happened last to... week. I don't remember what it was. Thank hey, you, I- Yes,
0: you're right. And um, I don't think I think it needs to be waited out another week or two before anything is really said. That's my opinion.
2: Yeah. Well, we'll see. Okay. Well then, maybe.
0: (laughs) maybe I don't know. It's it's this with something that I would like to start it with. Yes. I'm This is this is our
2: this is our, uh, this is our um, commercial interruption.
0: Yes. Thank you for doing. <laughs> it. I don't go any place without giving my daughter a commercial break, because any money in her pocket is wonderful for me to see happen. So I wish to start off with an advertisement from my daughter Kim's Fanny Show. Because of all the nonsense going on, she's streaming it now. And there's a specific website I sent around, which I included you guys on. But if you go to her, just KimberlyFayGreenberg.com, it's it it can be linked from there too. And she's charging uh, a little bit of money. Ten
2: dollars. And
0: at specific times where she's picked people in, and what's interesting is that. she's getting feedback. As a matter of fact, she sent me one of the feedbacks, which was a guy who looked like he was older than me, <laughs> filming himself with his phone while he was watching her on TV. And you could see the image of her on, the, on or not this computer screen. You know what I mean? With him, you know, <laughs> and she sent me that, but, uh, and the second, so all of you out there, you should go see her Fanny show. It's called One Night with Fanny Bryce. It's, and uh, it's the song, the songs and stories of Fanny Bryce, and she's uh, done that around the country in theaters, and she's coming out to Green Valley, Arizona, where where I'm at in February to do one night at the Green Valley Recreation Center, their biggest theater. And so I'm running around with all, of course, with copies of it that I've made on my a copy machine to hand out to all, everybody I run into to say, go show up and pay your money and my daughter make money. <laughs> and so that's the advertisement for her. And secondly, it, you know, and she verbally punched me the other day for forgetting that Today, that we're talking on the 12th is her birthday.
2: Oh, ah,
0: well, happy birthday!
2: Happy birthday to your daughter. Yes. We Here's won't say her
0: name. age, she um, she's same, same age as you.
2: Oh, well, okay, the best so she, age then. So, apparently. she's very young, is what you're saying. What
0: year were you born, Brita?
2: I'm not forgiven. saying on the show. Okay.
0: Never ask a woman that. My gosh, Joel! Why oh. not? You know, I'm only a sailor. Come on, I should be able to get it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we will link uh, on the scoreport Report uh, Facebook page. We're going to link um, fan, the Kim, your daughter Kim, her her Fanny show. Okay. Um, you know, I'm I'm really interested. I just wanted to ask, like. Um, sure. Where was it filmed, and was it filmed in front of an audience, or was it just
0: this that she's doing for, for streaming?
2: Mm-hmm. She's doing it live. Oh, she's doing it live. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, she's
0: got it up. What it is is the official show that she takes around the country, counting the intermission. It's two hours.
2: Okay. Um,
0: and so what this is about an hour. She let it down because she doesn't want people to get a little antsy and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> right.
2: That's why we have the squirrel port only an hour.
0: Yes, right. That's, yeah. that's why. How many of those have I listened to that? Uh, oh, the hour has passed. How long ago? And I'm <laughs> still because you guys are good. Thank yeah. you. Well, that, that, well, thank that's you. my fault because I ramble. So. It's Jay's fault. Yeah. And the only other thing I want to say about her, and because we talked about this long before when she was getting ready to film in the HBO miniseries. Right. She was going to be a librarian in episode four, and they edited the scene out.
2: <gasps> <laughs> oh, How dare they.
0: But in episode five, she's in the crowd standing in a in a in a cemetery, right up in the front of the crowd, and it got put in episode five. And for that little split second that she's visual, everybody there gets residuals every time it's shown.
2: Oh, well, that's very cool.
0: That's okay, cool. yeah. Okay then. Okay. is there any anything you want to say, or should I run down a couple of things I'd like to mention?
2: It's a, you know you know the show. It's a kind of a free form, so <laughs> go for it. Yeah. Remember. I,
0: I talked a great deal. I don't know if it was the first episode or the second one when I was on about my old friend Rabbi Resnikoff,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um,
2: you know what, Joel? Before yeah. before we go further, yeah, before we go further, because I'm we're all assuming that everyone who listens to the show listens to every show.
1: Oh, okay, I Rabbi, wouldn't assume that at all.
2: Well, yeah. <laughs> I Rabbi, you know that's how we're. I just so, give like a 10 second little, like, why you're here on the show with us, Joel. Who are you and why are you here?
0: Gee, I, I don't know why I'm here. You're <laughs> <laughs> uh, crazy. <laughs> different directions for Pete's sakes. <laughs> and, and, um, I'm a, I'm a, a I had did. I served twenty years in the Navy and was in submarines and in Vietnam and in um, all kinds of stuff. And
2: um, and you're an all around character.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. That's
0: where, that's where my daughter Kim got it from. <laughs> Stephanie's busy running her the org. And my other daughter, Stephanie, the one that uh, that I got this working with, the the, the Skype working with, is uh, going on a different direction. She graduated with a degree in, in um, journalism, and she's now the director of of communications and marketing for a large a nonprofit, unfortunately in California. Oh no. Uh, but not not one of the big cities, anyways. And and she, she's got too good a job, but anyways. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know why I went there. But you mentioned because Sky was so not right? And so I did a test because of you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I went, Let's go. I did my twenty years in the Navy. I did all kinds of nutty things. I worked. With navy contractors after the navy, and then I went off on my own. I had my own business, and my goal, my goal in life, was to figure out a way to retire as early as possible. And I moved and retired to Green Valley, Arizona, which is where we're talking from. I'm I am talking from right now,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, at age fifty-eight, and huh. I've been here, and I'm seventy-five. So I've been here, and I've been living in this house the longest I've ever lived in any house ever in my whole life. Um, and maybe I've moved around, and when my, you know, when I lived with my folks growing up, we moved around a little bit because he planned to eventually find a way to get to Los Angeles. So by the time we got to Los Angeles, we moved a few times, and he stayed there for my dad's till he died. Fifty years the house, anyways. Um, One of the jobs I had in the Navy, and I talked about that before, was Rabbi Reznikoff. Right. And and he was, uh, he started out in the Navy as as in the riverines. And then he, he decided to become a rabbi. And his first tour of duty as a base rabbi was with me in Japan. Uh, at Naval Base Yokosuka, Japan, he was attached to the naval station, and I was over at the supply depot, and I was his uh, uh, Jewish lay leader. And uh, the reason is I want
2: is that, like the the way of saying you're like the Jewish expert, so you kind of
0: well, I make sure he asks for things, and I'm supposed to, you know. If he misses something because he was tra- he had to travel and sometimes they'd call him out to the fleet. Mm-hmm. How many rabbis are in the Navy? I think at the time there were five. Right. This was at the height of Vietnam, and uh, and and so uh, well we were let's go uh, in and uh, in uh, no it was too late. This was after Vietnam. Okay. Anyways. Uh, he was um, traveled, and he had to go out. They would fly him with the helicopters out to the carriers, and then he'd go visit the destroyers and what have you. And so then I would run the services here and there, but also he had some issues with um, how can he be kosher, and we solved mm. that
1: problem.
0: All that Interesting. Problem. How
2: yeah. did you solve that problem?
0: Well, seeing's how the the, uh, the navy commissary stores. And the base feeding places, like the old clubs and the enlisted clubs, and the uh, and the general messes, all bought their food from me at the depot. Yeah. At the time, in the two jobs I had at the depot, all of that stuff came through me. One one was that I did all the paperwork and ordering and stuff like, and the other one was I distributed. Oh, so cool! I all out to him. So we got that and. He wasn't supposed to after sundown Friday night he wasn't supposed to touch uh, anything electric. Right. So my guys I had a, I had some electricians to work for me because I ran all the warehouses and they did uh, they had electricians and and other kinds of folks and drivers and what have you um, to do things like that and my electricians uh, put timers in so that all this stuff worked yeah. Uh, over, the, over, over the Sabbath, things like that. I think I mentioned that before. I,
2: and so I don't the remember, I, but that's interesting.
0: And the reason I wanted to bring that up is because for Alan, Mr. Marine, I forgot to mention that Rabbi Reznikoff was at the Marine Corps Barracks Beirut Ministering to the troops when it was bombed. Wow! And nice. you know, and he, he, you know, I say he views this as his biggest career event. And he, um, he sometimes says that his dedication. There was one of the monuments in Washington D.C. that he did the dedication for. I don't remember which one. It might have been a Vietnam memorial. Yeah. But uh, his riverine stuff. He was when when I served with him. I used to call him the most decorated. Uh, Rabbi in the Navy because of his Vietnam service
1: wow
0: uh, the reason I wanted to bring that up because you were your marine and he was in fact had a very strong connection to the Marines being where then yeah that's
1: that's you know it's funny because I remember I remember when that happened uh, and what a big deal it was at the time and and I think today most people think of it as like ancient history if, yes
0: if, if, yes hey, yes yesterday Come on. In this
1: day and age, yesterday is ancient history. Yeah, that's true. Ah. (laughs) They're like, people would be like, Beirut, Marine barracks? What? Yeah.
2: They don't even know. Nope. You know, I just wanted to mention, I know we're one day late, but since you and Alan are both veterans, I'd like to thank you both for your service to our country. Yes, thank you both. I'm not a veteran.
0: Well, thank you. It was a it was an honor to serve. I went I went in as a reservist it wasn't was looked so good I stayed in.
2: <laughs> well and, we're and, we are we are blessed to have men like you to yes. not just men, but men and women like you who sign up. It was only after
0: I went to regular navy. While I was in submarines I was a reservist.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Into the regular navy when I switched over to the supply corps, and that's when um, after I got uh, my ch- ch- changed over to the supply corps designator, I was sent out to the Francis Hammond. And where was the Hammond? I joined it on the gun line.
1: I told you that. Yep. Before mm-hmm. uh, supporting the Marines from Denying North you know the there's i wanted to i wanted to mention this cuz um specifically cuz of you Joel, but there was um there i don't know if y'all have seen this but the the guy that does the smarter every day uh youtube channel dustin what's his name dustin Sandlin, i think that's his name um he's been doing a series lately where the the US Navy let him board the uh um USS Toledo, the Los oh, Angeles uh, class attack submarine and, and right. videotape it. And you can, there's like several, um, you know, several episodes on this YouTube channel that you can, you can go watch. And it's, it's really interesting. He's got the, you know, they show how the, he, he's climbing in a torpedo tube and, you know, it's in the galley and, and, it, and it's it, the whole time. It's, it's when it's like poked up through the ice in the Arctic circle. Oh wow! So yeah, it's really interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll have to go ch- chase that down, but uh,
2: send Joel the <coughs> link, Alan. I will. Yeah, that would be
0: helpful. I've been, you know, on, on many of those um, nukes when I was in the program. I don't go around mentioning which ones and what they did, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Yes. That was the movie that was made on the History Channel called Blind Man's Bluff, read from the book Blind Man's Bluff. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Which, you know, everybody says should never have been printed (laughs) or written. But, you know, when all that was over, they made me sign a document that said, I couldn't talk about any of this for 25 years. 25 years has long since passed.
1: Well, all (laughs) right, then.
0: And, And I've talked to people... Much more senior to me, and then he said, "Yeah, no, none of them have. All of them have said no problem. No, we can talk about that." But uh, yeah, it, was that one of the uh, the Toledo? The, so that's the Los Angeles class yep. attack submarine. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, um Launched what, in nineteen ninety three okay yeah long after i retired from the navy um
1: but uh it's 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 really interesting i just you know i've been in i've been i've never been in a nuclear submarine but i've been in a lot of conventional submarines uh most you know static displays and stuff like that i haven't been on the cod yet but i've been in lots of the one and they've got that cool russian submarine in san diego and there's some other stuff yeah. and yeah. Well, yeah. all the ones in the other museum boats that are right. like the car. Yeah. 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 But they're all cramped. You, you, you know. And can talk about because she
0: actually she spent <laughs> maybe a little more right. time but, studying but but, then you than you did. You got a tour, but right. she's. Made it a point that probably because I pressured her a
1: little but bit. But these <laughs> these uh, these these nuclear submarines, after seeing the inside of them, first off, they're they're still crammed, right? Because they have more equipment, but they're so much nicer. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean. You
0: know, on the old diesel boats, Brita can't picture it. She was there and she can see it. Even we officers in the officer's quarter had three-quarter size bunks. They were not full-size bunks. (laughs) You can't buy that. And the only, well, that's not, Skipper had a full-size bunk. Not even the XO had a full-size
1: bunk. Not even the chief of the boat had a full, No, you know, none of us. Yeah. and And I'm pretty sure on the on the, even on the nuclear submarines they're still hot bunking
0: so uh, they may be because
1: they take the they take the uh, you know all the the bluff stuff those are all extra people Yeah. Okay. They, don't, so uh, hot bunking. they don't have enough space for for everything they have so everybody you have to you have to be really comfortable with close proximity of other people <laughs> and yeah. and zero privacy whatsoever. Yeah.
0: It takes a certain personality to be on board the old diesel boats. We're, we are definitely hugely different than the nukes. I've, I've, I've interacted with a lot of former and retired nukes, you know, that are in my various veterans groups and the submarine groups, and we old diesel sailors are definitely different. And speaking of that, there's something that I didn't put on my list that I do want to mention. What? The hat I was wearing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, still have on. I haven't worn before. As a matter of fact, it's the first time I've actually worn it. I've just had it on display on the shelf. It says U.S. Submarine Veterans Holland Club. And I was inducted into the Holland Club two months ago.
2: What's the Holland Club?
0: Holland Club means that I have been qualified for, you ready? For 50 years. Five zero fifty 50 wow. years. I qualified on the... Sea Fox in 1970. Wow. And I have been wearing those dolphins, even you know my tour on the, even on my tour on the Francis Hammond. As a matter of fact, my skipper at the Hammond made sure that, that I wore the, uh, the dolphins because they were line dolphins, and that meant that, that I could handle more than people could think an old supply car officer could handle. As a matter of fact, I got assigned, uh, eventually, when I came aboard, I I told you this before, but people didn't listen to those episodes, that when I came aboard the Hammond, I went from three 26-year-old submarines to a brand-new destroyer. I relieved the commissioning supply officer a week after the commissioning, my skipper relieved the commissioning skipper. Now, it was all out on the gun line, and we had to get heloed down and everything, and there was no fancy ceremonies for any of this stuff. But, um, so I got to be on a brand new uh, destroyer, and um, eventually, because as all the other officers, and I was the first department head to get relieved, so by the time the other department heads relieved, I... uh, Magically, I became the senior department head. In other words, I was number three in line behind, after the XO. <laughs> and a guy wearing a pork what we call a pork chop, which is an oak leaf on your sleeve instead of a star. And um, it's called a pork chop. And you can look that up. And we we're all called pork chops. But I have a sign that says I'm a lamb chop because I'm Jewish. So I, don't I was that. about to say,
2: you're Jewish. How can you be a pork chop?
0: Yeah, well, officially,
2: but uh, uh, I do
0: have a, I have a wooden card one, one of the other officers made for me that says, to Lieutenant Greenberg, always a good lamb chop, shalom. Okay, <laughs>
1: nice.
0: Right here next to where I'm sitting, I have, this is, my, this is my office, which is, you know what my office is, what do they call it, a man cave?
2: Man cave, yeah.
0: And so I have that all here. But um. So, and so it was, and so the, the skipper assigned me doing all kinds of things because I was a senior watch officer and I knew how to drive the ship around, even though, um, and the line officers didn't particularly want that to happen. Um, the skipper, the, um, and, and there were a lot of issues with staff officers, you know. um, Chaplains at rode once in a while and and um, certainly doctors who, who would go between the ships. They would be home based on the carrier and then they'd helo between the ships. Could do these different things. And so eventually they came out and said, um, staff officers can't do these things unless you have a letter from uh, from ComCrew DESPAC. That's what it was called at the time, Crew DESPAC. And it became surf pack and all kinds. Anyways, so the skipper got me a letter. And so I had the letter that said I could do all these things that the line officers could do. And so I became the senior watch officer, and they weren't thrilled with that. That means I could assign their watches. <laughs> and even if I had somebody help me with it, I had to sign all the paperwork. And when the XO was gone, guess who sat in the XO's office? The old supply company.
2: Sucks to be management, uh-huh. Joel, right? It's what? It sucks to be management.
0: Yeah. Well, it's not management. I don't like the word management.
2: Think about <laughs> what
0: it means. It means manage. Okay.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Okay. I've m I manage manager. It's leaders. <laughs> that's that's what they called us in the Navy. Leaders.
2: Leaders. Supposedly right.
0: when they sent me to graduate school, it was to be become a, le- a senior leader. Now at the graduate school, for the time they were saying senior, ma- we were training you all to be senior management, but they changed that. So, you, you, everybody can decide what they want. But the, all of you who are listening to me, except my daughters, <laughs> and a couple other folks who will be listening. Can distinguish between call but I don't like the word manager because it means damage. So,
1: but it was was, in your
2: email. I wanted to interrupt because uh, I was looking at your email that you sent us, and um, you had mentioned that you were interested in what was going on with the USS Cod
0: there was anything further you wanted to say or
2: well i wanted to mention that the uss cod um and i wanted to i don't know if you're up on it but um they wanted this year to go into dry dock and to because the cod is like in the lake water
0: sits in water it's got to be taken oh yeah
2: Right. So what, what they, they were planning on doing was taking it into dry dock and fixing it and doing things to the hull and to, you know, just kind of general maintenance, but because of COVID, they were unable to do that. I guess the, uh, the company that was going to um, tow the USS Cod into dry dock backed out. Um, So, what they've done is they've decided to, because I guess they wanted to do hull coatings. Yes. And because of the temperature, um, they, they wanted, I guess the whole hull cutting coating like needs a certain temperature to cure. Yes. And um, I guess, you know, it's Cleveland, we get cold. And um, (laughs) so they decided to put it off until spring. So currently, and I was unaware of that, but the cod is still open on every Saturday. And as of six days ago, the cod is open every Saturday, and you can go visit. um, I guess open on Saturdays through Christmas. So if you're in the Cleveland area, well, good. All all
0: of you who are who are be listening to the podcast who live close enough to the cod, go take a tour. And there are. Old World War II diesel boats that are called museum boats that are in great condition throughout the country. You can look them up on the internet. And they are really terrific to take a tour of. Number one. And number two, the crews that take care of them, that come and take people through. And you know this from your own experience, mm-hmm. are just terrific folks who will not yeah. only Answer your questions, but if you want something a little different or something else, they'll help you out. Normally, they don't let people into the conning tower, and you got to go in the conning tower and all kinds yeah. of things. And it I still have that picture of you.
2: <laughs> it was really cool. Um, Alan was supposed to come visit us. Uh, when was it, Alan? June? Alan has checked yeah. out. Of the- no, I'm yeah. here in June. Yeah, but you're
1: near okay. sub- submarines down where you live, Alan. Yeah, we have the uh, Kavala down in Galveston.
2: Yeah. It's not the same, though. It's no, not it's like not. you have to climb into the submarine. <clears actual throat> well, submarine no. right.
0: The COD is the only submarine museum left that hasn't converted to stairwells. Right.
2: Well, yeah.
0: Okay, to get you in and out, you had to climb down the ladder, you had to do what we did.
2: Yeah, it was a little scary As a matter
0: of fact, did did some of the stup- Yes, and I'm going to use the term Intentionally, stupid sailors Slide down that thing And crash at the bottom because they didn't slide down Oh
1: no <laughs> yeah, did you, did you, you put your feet On the outside of the rail and slide down Instead of oh, taking it out, rung by
0: out. rung Now the cod, I'm trying to remember The cod has a step sail or a northern sail Uh, above the conning tower, I don't know. I think it's a step sail. On northern sail, you had to climb way the heck up. Um, I think that was an unconverted. It had when you went through this engine room, it had four engines, right? Right, okay. It's unconverted fleet boat. Okay, the uh, the sea fox and the catfish. Segundo was an uncon, well. It had a step sail put on it. I think the Cod has a little step sail, which is uh, which is basically the unconverted fleet belt. So this, when I was on the Segundo, it was like that, but there was really no place to slide down if you went from the bridge into the conning tower and stuff. But on the, those of us who had the, co, the fleet conversions, they called Guppy, which is greater underwater propulsion. Uh, they put a 30-foot northern sail so that we could go to the north, and believe me, we were quite far north when we were going places we weren't supposed to be going on the sea. Huh. And we got a medal for that. And we're, it's a medal of things we're not supposed to talk about, except it's been passed to 25 <laughs> years.
1: What yeah.
0: you have to do is go watch the video on History Channel, if it's still there, called Blind Man's Bluff. <laughs> I think it's on YouTube.
1: I think that's where I saw it.
0: Okay. Well, it was
1: originally,
0: yeah, it may have been moved from, uh, from there to YouTube. Uh, it's it's a lot different than the book in that the book spends a little more time interviewing very specific people at very specific lengths, and the first interview in, in there is retired Captain Charlie McVeigh, who's old, what is he about, I've known him for 40 years, and so... They re- the book came out and then in, the, and in and the movie, I had the first person, that's the guy who I called who said, can they be doing this? Charlie he said, yeah, yeah, don't sweat it anymore. Okay, Charlie. He was one of the big shots. He was uh, a dev group commander, development group one in San Diego, which was where all those specialty items were and uh, the training vehicles. Where they train the divers and what have you, anyways, which is all they talk about. All of that in the movie. Any, any, anyway, so um,
2: Joel, I wanted, I again going through your email. Um, yeah. Everybody knows that all all of us, Alan, Jay, and I, we did our DNA results. Yeah. And we did ours through Twenty Three and Me. Um, yes. And you said you did yours through Ancestry.com.
0: I did that because my youngest daughter went there. Okay. And, and then somebody started challenging her. Hey, you're a close relative. What's going uh, on?
2: And yeah. she
0: called me and said, Dad, I don't understand what's going on. I said, okay, I'll sign up. And so now okay. she shows up as my
1: daughter.
2: Right.
0: And, and the next thing I though, then there's a guy named, um, well, I don't need to mention his name. Um, right. Because off the top of my head, but who who shows up as a first cousin. Ah, first cousin. The first cousin once removed to her, and then this lady who's a retired, or she may not be retired yet, attorney in Seattle, was emailing her
2: mm-hmm.
0: and to talk with her about how is this connection, where does this come from? I'm helping this guy that lives in Chicago and he put in his DNA and he's showing up as having all kinds of strange ancestry and you show up as a relative and all kinds of Irish people are showing up as a relative. And this guy is Jewish. <laughs> for no. Oh, no. Not <laughs> Irish people. And
2: we got
0: so, I, uh, so once she saw my name show up, She emailed me through the ancestry and I made the connections with her own personal email and then with her phone. And I thought we talked back and forth a lot. I sent her a lot of stuff. And she's a longtime friend of this guy. She used to grow up in Milwaukee, in Chicago, and he still lives there. She and her husband and kids and grandkids live in Seattle. And she's a couple of years younger than me. She may be a little bit more than that because she's still working, doing, practicing. And I looked her up on the internet. And she's, mm-hmm. But uh, she couldn't understand why he's showing up with all this Irish stuff and all the relatives that are showing up that are listed as cousins and second cousins and third cousins and ten times removed have all these Irish names. Oh. And I walked her through it, and she had one piece. And she said, his grandmother... Looks like came from a big family. They said, yes, that's right, because his grandmother is my grandmother, and she had a bunch of sisters and brothers, and all her brothers had Irish names, and of course, <laughs> you know, and it was one of those brothers' sons who um, was why my dad joined the Navy in World War II, and then I joined the Navy because of my dad. <laughs> And I wrote a whole story about that, I meant that that got copyrighted in, in in a book about submariners, uh, heroes beneath the waves. Uh, I submitted that, and that got and ended up getting copyrighted in there because it's a copyrighted book. But it's it's my you know it was my. So uh, did you did you
2: yeah, figure out?
0: You guys said thanks, you cousin Donald Donald Derrick's Donald Derrick's was the son of uh, one of my grandmother's brothers. And my grandmother, Greenberg, was born, you know, Culligan. And right. she tried to oh. say that now, and I have other witnesses who said she was related to the Culligan water softener, but I, I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> think that, I don't think that's the case. So but your uh,
2: grandmother was Irish?
0: Yes, Culligan.
2: Wow.
0: From northern Wisconsin. They lived <laughs> on a farm. She was a farmer. <laughs> How many years they lived there? Wow. And I was told through relatives that Greenberg was a change in the name because someplace along the Greenberg line my my ancestor with the with I had a had a Russian name and came to the East Coast and said, You have an unpronounceable Russian name, you're Jewish, your now name is Greenberg.
2: Oh. And that's how, how we got did, the how my question? Yes, though, is yes. how did this Culligan woman meet this Jewish guy?
0: I don't know. If, I mean, this, I like, well, how uh, did that happen? I wasn't old enough to ever to ask him, but I was. You know, <laughs> well, uh, we, uh, yeah, but I, I was not far from, and then they moved to to Los Angeles as well. So
2: huh.
0: they're they're buried in Los Angeles. Interesting. But uh, I can tell you this though, that my grandfather Greenberg's family disowned him for marrying a 6 and you oh, understand I what I mean,
2: yeah, right? Are yes.
0: yes. they real? again? Okay, uh-huh. After a while, because that marriage lasted until the day they died, so, uh-huh. you know, and they had uh, they had the, the two sons, and it's my dad's younger brother who. I don't remember how much younger he was. All I can remember is that he was in the Korean War and he was in a tank in the Korean War. And anyways, what I've been able to trace it is that somehow maybe when he was a teenager, he sort of got in trouble with some young lady. Uh oh. And there was a child, a a boy child born out of wedlock and and it wasn't until his child got to be quite a bit older and, in essence, two years younger than me and decided to figure out who, who the heck his ancestors are, were. Oh, wow. Came from. And this lady attorney in Seattle was helping him. Wow. And I sent, you know, so I was able to explain to her why all the uh, Irish names and that are related and how... Where she was able to figure out, somehow she was able to trace that my grandmother came from a big family. And I
2: said, yep. Interesting. Uh, that's them. Mm-hmm. But
0: I, you know, I gave her and him, all. do you all remember all the stuff, written stuff that I sent you guys when we first got yeah. in contact? I sent them all that stuff. And I know she's read some of the stuff, but I don't know that ever he is, but he's never contacted me
2: well it's it's kind of a big thing to learn that you have a cousin, you know
0: yeah, I would so you know now so he's still you, living,
2: you didn't know about
0: and he lived in Chicago, and I certainly am not traveling uh, east of the uh, um east of the Arizona state line and right now not west of the Arizona state line
2: right <laughs> you know right- what I wanted to ask you since you're in Arizona yeah um, how what is the feeling now about the election? Because, you know, Arizona is one of those contested states.
0: Yes, and it should have never been because it was always in the bag for the president.
2: Do you feel that way? Few
0: is counted, and I think it's going to go that way. Okay. Um, mm, I have lately because my arthritis is bothering me a little more, and so I spend a little more time, you know. I don't go to as many of the veterans meetings and stuff like that right now. And it has nothing to do with all this nonsense going on, except that Mm -hmm. I wouldn't go for a reason I told you in my thank you anyways, because if I have to wear a mask, I don't go. But uh, I haven't uh, uh, done so. What I have been doing lately is there's a a young Jewish guy, same age as you and my daughter. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's the morning host of the drive, in the local uh, conservative show. That he he precedes Rush, who precedes et cetera et cetera. Okay, locally mm-hmm. here, and he's pretty open about this stuff. And he and I could be of the same body, in terms okay. of. Okay. All right. And and there's still a, there's still some shenanigans that they're scurrying with. I know that I checked my vote. He's. He explained to us over the air how to check that your vote got counted, and I did do that because mm-hmm. uh, I do absentee, which I have been doing for years because um, I can only stand up for so long, and I'm not going to stand in those lines. But sure. uh,
2: oh, well, that's the thing. Absentee was supposed to be for people like you, correct? But right. yeah,
0: in my in my. Uh, In my county, I live at, Green Valley is not incorporated. It's just part of the county, but it's a separate Mm -hmm. little retirement area. And um, we're patrolled by the sheriff, the county sheriff. Anyways, there are five supervisors. Our guy in Green Valley is a Republican. He won re-election. And the other four are all Democrats, and they all won re-election. And that's Mm -hmm. Tucson. The mayor of Tucson is trying to be, they're trying to recall her because she's been a uh, black life. She's used city money to post up black life. Didn't I say something like that before? I don't remember. Black Lives Matter stuff on city property. And so they're trying to recall her now. And I think. The eventually the count there's there's only about 11,000 vote difference right now, at least of yesterday morning. Hmm. And, and I'm going to listen to him tomorrow morning again. He's on at six o'clock in the morning here, and I'm up for that. Because the way my house is, is even though it's winter here, it is cool enough to still sit outside, warm enough to be without a jacket. But the sun is now I my house faces directly south. And if I sit outside where I like to sit and listen to my podcast and the radio and what have you and smoke my cigar, the sun is now has moved far enough south where it beats in on me by one o'clock. <laughs> and so oh, Joel. I sit out there. I'm burning up, you know. I don't want to get sunburned in the- so I listened to him in the morning from uh, from six to ten. I've been yeah. for the last three or four mornings and we're getting closer and they're finding some errors and there's being some challenges and um, it should have gone to Trump and just hold your breath and I you know I think we're gonna eventually get there um, your lips to God's ears Now uh, one of the issues is our st- our senator to, to the national senate, um, McSally, Martha McSally, retired uh, military 06 flyer Air Force. Right, A tens. So she flew right here out of uh, out of uh, Tucson. Um, um, didn't get reelected, and I'm not even though we all tried to vote for her. Because the 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 uh, the other choice was a retired Navy O six flyer as well, who's very this much idea. against us, very much against us. But she's the she never really did much. I had some dealings with her, and I I met her personally once where she spoke down here, and I talked with her. Um, but I tried had some dealings with her, and she didn't respond and her people didn't respond well, and I know how to get, do those responses because my last job in the Navy was on the Navy Secretariat staff, and I know that what Senators and Congress folks can do, that if there's some pressure you know, from people, they can actually get out and do things for you, and she didn't want to do it. So a vote to her, from what I can tell, from most people, including me, was the lesser of the two evils, and well, that's what—that's why she lost.
1: Well, Mark, it's, Mark it's Kelly, likely. Mark Kelly. I mean, she didn't lose by much, um, but Mark not Kelly, it. Mark Kelly, even though he's an astronaut, apparently he is so disliked within the astronaut corps that not a single astronaut that he worked with would endorse him. I would have. I, I didn't know that, but I would say that's probably true.
0: And um, um, you know, I, you know, I'm a retired Navy officer. I'm a military officer, an 05. I didn't stick around any longer because it made sense to retire at an 05 on my twentieth year anniversary. Because I would have had to. I was at the end of my year group. I would have made it, but then I would have had to. I would have been made, selected for promotion in my 21st year. I was at the end of my year group. I would have started getting paid at my 22nd year, and I had to pay him back three years, so I would have had to serve 25 years. And I saw in Washington, the 06s, I was getting going to get a better job as a retired 05 than then they were getting, because people recognized that they were already too much too, too senior.
1: <laughs> well, that makes sense. And I walked out of the Navy
0: because of that. And thanks to the Navy, because the Navy sent me to graduate school, which was kind of a requirement to be, get ahead in the Supply Corps. But the Supply Corps sent me, so I can't complain. They selected me, and then they said, here's how: four or five schools. Pick one, to go to it. Great. And, you know, and, and you apply and see if you get in. And I looked at a couple and um, didn't want to go to the snow country. And so, but it was, there was that good degree, not that it was an MBA or a good school MBA or any of that stuff, but because I had a graduate degree, when I retired from the Navy, my first job out of the Navy was at the Draper Lab, working on submarine stuff, okay? Working on submarine stuff, the Busy 2, which was the brand new system for the nukes. Prior to that, they didn't have, uh, their combat systems only could do one type target at a time. And so they had to kill a target before they could go on to the next one. Busy 2 meant they could do multiple targets. So I got assigned to the Busy 2 system. They needed my help for that and I went to work for the Draper Lab. And I could only go to work for the Draper Lab because I had a graduate degree. Why? Because the Draper Lab was part of MIT. And, and, and I don't remember if I ever told you this, but I've been, you know, I've been watching television and movies. And what I've been seeing is, oh, look, these guys must be so sharp. They're students at MIT. Oh, they must be so sharp. They're students at MIT. Didn't I talk like this before? I don't remember. I thought because I, I talked about this. And doggone it, if that's the case, then, gee, I officially had a card that said faculty and staff MIT. <laughs> really the smartest guy in a block for that. <laughs> oh my. And one thing it's given me is I I was on TIAA. And to this day as I collect TIAA. What's
1: TIAA?
2: You got,
0: right. Yeah. What There's is that. that? Teachers Insurance Annuity. Ah, okay. <laughs> Very good. I mean I'm the made a lot of money on. It. No. And they paid me 50% more in my salary than anybody else would hire me. So why wouldn't I go to work for them, you know? Sure. <laughs> but uh, they were really good because I get nothing from teaching. But that's late. me teach at some other universities. But I didn't get anything out of that except teaching, which was, you know, fun. But Do you really get anything if you say you taught at the University of Phoenix? I don't know. Now that's all online isn't it
1: I
2: now it is
1: yeah yeah I don't so.
2: know I don't know anybody who goes to college in person anymore
1: <laughs> <We> <laughs> you know something I have a big
0: problem with that
2: yeah
0: it's a real big problem I have you, you get you get interactions that where the sum is greater than the the, the the reaction the bottom line is greater than the sum of the parts okay
2: I agree I agree. Get the,
0: only get that when you're all in. I've gone to meetings. See, we're not having a meeting here. We're just having a discussion that's going someplace. You know, it's right. going to go get published. But it's not where we have a meeting where we're looking, oh, are we approving the budget? Are we doing this? Are we doing that? I've been in some meetings that are, what do they call those meetings? They're not Skype. What do they call them? Zoom. There we go. Zoom, Zoom. meeting. I've been very disappointed because... You can see in the room the lack of interaction. because, And and then somebody has to keep playing with the equipment to keep all the zoomies online. And then somebody has to go out. We did the sub-vets. We bought a big screen so that the, our zoomies could be seen.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of Zoom meetings for my work.
0: Now, yeah. now, if you're at their meetings for work... And it's not fifty people. If it's a couple of people, it's a different story. But if it's fifty people, that, that that's not.
1: Well, even if it's even if it's four or five people, you know, two one one guy's talking, maybe one guy's listening, everyone else is doing something else. You know. It's-
0: <laughs> as long as they're not tubing. That's right. That's well,
2: what I I do think that I do think people have lost the ability to be present with each other.
0: Well, it's Just, that thing has done that because now people do it anonymously, go on there and make all kinds of lousy comments. Of course,
2: because they can, right? Yes. There's there's no. Uh, you have to have the guts
0: to say it in person to somebody's face. If you don't have the guts, agreed. Shut up.
2: Well, I think there's no no substitution for a face-to-face, person-to-person meeting. I, it reminds me of. It reminds me, of like the ba- back in the day of the the gun blogs, when we all had gun blogs, right?
0: Yes, yes. We no, all
2: were, we all that were didn't talking happen. to each other online, yes. and we were all doing like you know, we post our posts, and we all had the comments, and we were all like messaging each other. But then, of course, like once or twice a year, we would have like the whether it was at the NRA meeting or some other time, we would get together and have like a gun blog. Yeah, yeah, gathering, and it, there is there is no substitute for that for a face to face sort of no. interaction. But I think, I honestly, I think that uh, it's my cat, Una, my cat Una wants, wants her, supper, she, she wants her supper. Um, I really think that part of the <laughs> I'm sorry. The part of the whole COVID thing and whether or not it has been orchestrated or whatever, but I think that the alienation of people from each other is kind of beneficial to one side. Because people aren't getting together. People aren't right, you know, having that camaraderie anymore. We're all kind of right. alone on the internet together. So
0: unless you're peacefully protesting that is
2: yeah well, yeah now down Those- here in green
0: valley i can sit outside i don't wear i don't wear a mask i have a you know i i made notes to about that i, I have a big problem with masks we all know the data shows and tests show that they're useless and um and in green valley basically I see people walking around, walking their dogs, walking in groups, husbands and wives, and riding their bicycles and in their cars. Nobody's wearing masks. And I see repair people coming out, painters, what have you. Nobody's wearing masks. Mm -hmm. Now, if I go to the next town over, which is only a 10-minute ride from my house, which is an incorporated town by itself, so it has police and and mayor and everything else, uh, you'll see people wearing masks. Okay, except that, and I looked it up on the internet, the mayor and the town council and have said masks are not required, and the police chief said, and I saw that, I read it on the internet, I found it. his post from the city's uh, website said he's not enforcing masks. Now, my county sheriff here in this county is not enforcing masks, but he lost to the Democrat, so I don't know where that's going, but... Um. yet there's no mask required. Now, I go shopping to one store in particular, and I have lunch at one restaurant, and that's not – do other people have masks on? Yes, and I'm very disappointed in that. But I don't wear it, and nobody says anything to me.
2: Do you have a mask mandate in Arizona?
0: I think he's – I think the governor has said he suggests it. Oh, okay. But there's the rules that if you can, if you have a doctor's reason,
2: right?
0: You don't have to prove the doctor's reason,
2: right?
0: Now, if I wanted to, I could go to my doctor and get a doctor's reason because I do have trouble wearing masks, and we had a problem in doing that. Okay, because I had okay. to run some tests on masks, and the test completely failed because I couldn't wear the mask. So, I mean, I could get one, but that's not my point. My point is I'm taking from a different excuse. I'm not using that as a rationale and a sneaky way out. I'm, I'm, I'm conf- I prefer to confront it head on and say, you're all wrong. I don't want to use my excuse that I can get away with it. I'm just going to show up without a mask. And I go, there's one store and most people I see while walking in from the parking lot, there now less and less of them have them on in the cars. But I see them. You know, they don't have. In my trip through Green Valley into that town to that shopping place, nobody's wearing masks. But uh, once you get across into there,
1: you know it's funny that that they they you know people are wearing all these masks and and you know, or or you know a t shirt or whatever it is over their face. Yeah. But But if you if you buy an actual mask, it it says doesn't work. Yes, I know that. It does not (laughs) stop the virus. Right. It makes the whole thing just ridiculous. I mean, that's, you know, and I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor, but I'm not stupid either. And I know that when doctors wear masks, like for like surgery and stuff, it's to keep, like, bacterial infections from spreading. It's not to keep a virus from spreading. Because if they have a virus, they don't go into work and operate on people. Yeah, yeah, see. But, see, the people, well,
0: in particular, there's one particular person who's a close friend who um, um, wears a mask. And from all the other things he does, that makes no sense to me. For the for the kind of uh, of uh, radio and podcasts and stuff that I know he listens to, and what have you, it doesn't make any sense. But he does it because the governor says, you know, you should. The governor has said, uh, you know, he recommends it, and the law, the law actually says if you have a medical reason, uh, the towns can opt out. There and other towns that have opted out, and um, and now. There was just something I heard this morning, as a matter of fact, on the talk local morning show where Biden was talking about, you know, everybody's going to wear a mask, and several governors already came out and said, not in their states. Good, right? But the specific, but our local guy specifically said, our governor has said nothing. Who's the Republican? The others were all Democrats, or they may Mm. not. May have been a but he, he's he's not proven out to be
1: well Texas Texas did they 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 require masks in certain counties depending on the level of I guess tested infection rate which is which is another boondoggle that we could spend an hour on but um, they did a they did a really sneaky thing in in Texas where um they they make the businesses police the mask wearing. When you go into a business, if 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 they if they find somebody in a business without a mask, they find the business a thousand dollars. So the businesses all have like mask police standing by their door. They won't they well, won't yeah, let they you in. Yeah, I don't. They
0: don't have. We don't have that here. But what
1: we do have is, for instance,
0: in the local shopping center, that's just. When I when I didn't have my arthritis as such, it was a short walk. I could go to the shopping center, which had a McDonald's. I could have a senior coffee, etc. And that's where my barber is, and what have you. And they all have signs on the doors, you know. One of the signs you know, is the old typical is the old you no know, shoes, no shirt, no mask. That's what it actually says: no shoes, no shirt, no mask, no entry. Wow. And I'm going to challenge them on it. Well, there is. I- uh, I go to I go to get my haircut. The barber doesn't have a mask on the door. He's wearing a mask, and his wife, who's the other cutter barber, are and some people are, and I'm not, and it's not a problem.
1: My uh, my barber my shop, shop the Swan Store, and it's not a problem. So, my my barber shop has a sign up on the front door that says that um, words to the effect that that. Although although Texas requires a mask, there's also a medical if you have a medical condition, you're not required to wear a mask. And yes. and that HIPAA HIPAA requirements preclude them from asking you about your medical conditions. Right. So if you walk in without a mask, they're going to assume you have a good reason for it and not worry about it. <laughs> So, well, I've had one person once. ask asked me, "Where's your mask?" But this is uh, this is the kind yeah, of barbershop where they all open carry pistols on their belts, and and yeah. uh, you know it's a well, can here too. But,
0: uh, and I used to do that, but I haven't. I decided that I would rather not give it away. I used to carry open carry all the time, everywhere, but nah, it's just. I mean, but there's no yeah, and there's no problem here with any of that. So, but
1: for now, wait till the, wait till you get a few more Democrats in charge.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, we're we're hitting our hour, so uh, okay. we'll wrap uh, it up. I want to thank you, Joel, for coming on. It's uh, you know, it's it's really nice having you on, especially like you know the day after Veterans Day and all that. It's. Uh, yeah, yeah. Remember that Veterans Day
0: honors, you know, we have a Memorial Day which honors all those who are dead. Veterans Day started out as uh, right as as Armistice Day and then moved over to become Veterans Day. And I would like to make one more mention of a of a, a holiday coming up real quickly. Sure. Christmas are coming up. Christmas, we all know what Christmas is. That's Christ Mass. And it's quite important. Hanukkah is actually a celebration of a military victory. That's right. And I would like to always remind people of that.
2: <laughs> well,
1: and done. us
0: military guys, you know, get out there and celebrate Hanukkah because of its military victory. There you go. <laughs> and so so I can say, and I have no problem saying it, our, our chaplain at the subnets, wanted to do a little more detail in in her in her prayers, but actually by actually mentioning Christ and things like that, and she you know came up, and said, "Joel, you're Jewish. you know I can do something general or I can say specific and, and I said, by all means be very specific. Go right ahead. You aren't going to bother me at all. after After all, he was one of my guys.
1: that's right yeah so
0: I had no problem with it so all of you out there happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas because you know this is late enough for when we probably won't talk uh, you know for a while again but uh, I think I've covered everything we covered enough about the wearing of masks, I think, uh, I didn't, I didn't hit the bottom line on that one, but we don't necessarily do that. And um, well, so, all right. to all of you out there, thanks for listening. And to you guys, go go visit another submarine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will. All, all right, another when we can.
0: Find another submarine, and uh, you know that'd be interesting. That the Navy let some people, and there hasn't been a lot of going on with that tour and mm-hmm. active. And I don't think you'll ever see any of the nukes get into 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 the Great Lakes. But uh, never know.
2: I'm okay with that.
0: They may, they their draft <laughs> maybe for that. And, uh, so. Thanks for having me on. I wish you all well. Thanks for being on, Joel. We always, Thanks always a joining pleasure. Thanks for us, Joel. Yeah. Just remember, come visit me in Green Valley. You know where to find me. It's real simple. <laughs> My retirement home in Green Valley is on the corner of Santa Chalice, which is St. Chalice.
2: Oh, dear. St.
0: Ray, <laughs> Saint Ray, which is a great place for a good, Jewish boy to retire.
2: <laughs> You're going right. to have squirrel report people knocking at your door.
0: <laughs> yeah, you Camping I'm, in your backyard. There we have bases covered right at my house. <laughs> and we'll Thank be back Joel. next week.
2: All yeah, thanks. Right. Nice, right.
1: nice. See you all. Bye. Bye.
2: Good night.